0: The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coghill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Coghill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to CogHillGolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers, yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now, sharpfocusnutrition.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered podcast. Uh, you could follow us all over social media at Golf Unfiltered. Be sure to give us a follow if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, or I should rather say a subscribe. I got to get used to the terminology here, Dan, as far as we're doing a lot of stuff in YouTube and socials. Dan Hauser is with me today. How are you, sir? Good,
1: good. Uh, I feel like every other day they're changing up the terminology that, that they even want to use, you know, as far as yeah. YouTube is saying, you know, so whatever. Just, whatever you need to do to make it where you like us and follow us and can find out when we're recording, do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do the thing we would appreciate. Here's this. You could follow us at golf unfiltered and Dan, I will say, so Nikki's out on assignment. She's enjoying today's uh, president's day is when we're recording this. She's having a fun time. Uh, I think, believe she's going to an aquarium, which is awesome. I would rather, you know, go to that one day. I haven't been doing aquarium. I want to go to an aquarium. aquarium. No kidding. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, <laughs> But,, uh, so we were going a little bit back and forth and full disclosure listeners, I was hesitant to want to do a full swing recap episode because it seems like every single podcast is doing one. But then my friend Dan and I started talking a little bit, and he started sharing a few of the preliminary thoughts, Dan, that you've had. I know you still have to get through the final two episodes, but I'm like, wow, those are actually kind of kind of unique, interesting little thoughts there. So, To kind of get into the whole thing, if there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that listen to other podcasts in the golf Twitter atmosphere. So you've probably, listeners, already heard a lot of takes on Full Swing, the Netflix series uh, that has come out recently on the PGA Tour, highlighting many players on the tour. But we're going to talk a little bit, Dan, I think, about our general thoughts so far. I had the chance to binge the whole series because I had nothing else to do because I was in the house with COVID. (laughs) So I was able to watch it. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I know. But <laughs> your initial thoughts, just kind of like at the very high level, what was your opinion so far of the series?
1: So there were parts of it that were really, really good, and I'll I'll keep this separate from the what we're yeah. going to talk to you in a minute here. But just overall, there were some parts of it that I thought were really, really good, and there were some parts of it that I feel like very much missed the mark for me personally. And I also had to keep reminding myself that I wasn't the target demo for this. Right. Neither n- chances are the whoever's listening to this wasn't either. Like we as a whole golf community, this was not meant for us. So I, I feel like I did have to keep kind of reminding myself that when I was kind of getting annoyed or frustrated about certain aspects of it. Right. Um, I absolutely loved when they took the time to go, behind these guys' lives. I'm not going to spoil little bits and pieces because I know there are some people that probably still have not started it yet. Some people do like to be able to only watch it when they can watch all eight at once. And I I understand that. I can appreciate that. Uh, So I won't go into the details, but I can tell you that the Joel Damon episode, amazing. Yeah, really Um, good. When they went into... Brooks' st- stuff that he has going on and, and how they compared it to where Scotty Scheffler is right now, I thought uh, that, to me, I really I really like that as well, too. Uh, DJ finally having the opportunity to be candid about why he went to live, I thought that was fantastic, too, because that's basically what we had wanted to hear from all these guys from the beginning is just tell us. We're not idiots. Just tell us that you did this because they were basically offering you more money to do your job less. That's all you right. had to tell us from the beginning. Like, and I think that we would have been a lot – um, less angry about what these guys were doing from the beginning. So that I very much liked. Um, even in episode one, I, I did enjoy when they kind of took us a little bit uh, behind the scenes with Justin Thomas and his dad and the mental mm. blocks that he was going through kind of in real time. Like I absolutely love that stuff. The stuff that I was just like, get out of here with was I don't need you to keep telling me how much money these guys are making. We know they make a ton of money already. I don't mm. need you to remind me every five minutes that there's a 72-hole event and there's a cut after 36 <laughs> holes. And if you don't make the cut, you don't get money. Right. Tell me that in episode one, and then don't bring it up again. We don't need this every five minutes to be reminded of this. Um, there were certain ways that they went about, once again, without spoiling too much, there were certain ways they went about cutting together these episodes. The way they put together that the whole Ian Poulter thing, I was mm. just like, get out of here with that. I All I want to do now is... <laughs> just punchy Polter Poulter in the face for this. Like <laughs> I do not need to see that he didn't get out of the group stage at the match play and then hopped on a private jet to go on vacation. Like we know that these guys live lavishly, but like, and, and once again, it's not for me, people that are watching this probably don't necessarily know this, but I just, I felt like I, I would have preferred if they would have actually spent more time giving us more of the Joel Damon and Tony Mm. Finau stuff and even Mm -hmm. the Brooks Kepka stuff and less of the just, oh hey, look, this putt drops from last year that we already saw. And then this guy made five hundred million dollars or five hundred thousand dollars and now he's going back home. Like I want more I wanted more of the the those specifics. And so those episodes that that had that was absolutely captivating. And then the rest of it was just kind of like, nah, just let's get back to let's get past this so we can get back to the, the captivating stuff where we really get into these guys heads.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair. And I mean, I do think it's important that like you clarified, it was not, you and I are not the core audience here at all. Um, We're golf sickos. We, we live and breathe this stuff. We pay way too much attention to it. And so we knew a lot of the, at least Ancillary things that were covered in somewhat depth within the Netflix series. And, you know, I'm, I think I'm just going to throw it out there and say I, I absolve ourselves of any spoilers here because by now, you know, <laughs> we could talk a little bit of detail. We're not going to go episode by episode here, folks. But my initial take the Jordan and JT episode, which is episode one, it was the one that became available right at the Super Bowl, I believe that you could watch on a browser if you use the QR code that is a storyline them being friends i mean i'm over it you're over it but <laughs> people who don't pay attention to golf at all don't know that right and so that was that was an interesting way to begin the series it was well done i think i i will just say overarchingly that the production value of full swing is top notch. You know, I thought they were
1: granted some amazing access. Like, and even within that first episode, like I said, the, the JT struggles during the PGA, you know, and we got behind the scenes that, and we got that stuff from his dad. Like that was great. Even, you know, spoiler alert, but even, um, when JT, when he's at the CVS, getting allergy medication and his credit card won't work through the thing. And it's just like that. I love that because like who amongst us has not gone to a self checkout line trying to, to expedite the process and then their car doesn't work or something doesn't work. And they end up right. having to wait for the, per- the, 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 the person to come over anyway. And then it defeated the entire purpose of them going right. through that self checkout. Yeah. So like, that's the stuff that I loved seeing, you know? Yeah. So I like, I wish we could have gotten a little more of that throughout all eight episodes, or I guess in my case, the, yeah. the six that I've seen so far, but.
0: You know, it's funny. Cause when we talked to Chad mom, a few episodes ago, Nikki and I had the chance to interview him and he, he offered, you know, it's weird because you talk to these guys and they're going to, brag about that's the wrong word. He, he Chad was a wonderful guest. And so when you were to when you talk to people who create these things, they're going to for the lack of a better word, brag or highlight how it came about, you know, and what I really appreciated from Chad was look, this was a year in the making. It was a weird time in golf to say the least there was just unprecedented access to all these players that were highlighted he, he referred to them as the cast members which i think was pretty cool and we get those flashes of the credit card networking at the cvs we get the in brooks kepka's house where we learn a little bit about as i wrote in an article on golfandfilter.com we learn a little bit about what's going through his head when he's listening to his wife And instead of listening to his wife, he's thinking about his golf swing. You know, there's there's admissions like that that are funny, but it's also like, oh, wow, as cliche as this is, they're still human. They still go through these things where I believe. Things fell short for me, which I should say just right now, I I believe the series is is good. I wouldn't say really good, but again, I'm not the audience. And I think that's where it fell short a little bit for me, where it's, okay, from an outsider looking in, if I didn't know any of these people, and I just watched this, I'm not sure anything really would keep my attention long enough to get through all eight episodes. I mean, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, so there are certain things, like we talked about the Brooks, his wife's talking to him, and all he's thinking about Mm -hmm. is his golf swing uh, JT with the, at the CVS, you know, the Joel Damon episode, there was so much, you know, when, when he's, when he's going through the U S open qualifier and he has such a bad first 18 holes and he's sitting there in the clubhouse having lunch. And he's like, sc- you know, screw it. Let's just start drinking. What that's the stuff that I love because that's the stuff that it doesn't matter if you're a golf sicko like us or yeah. just somebody who's tuning in for the first time, you can relate to those things who amongst us, if we've picked up a golf club in our life, our wives have been talking to us and we've been thinking about our golf swing or, Hey, we're going to play around tomorrow. Or literally, even if you've never played golf, you can relate to JT, you know, having the trouble at the CVS who amongst us has not played around a round of golf. And for us, it's through nine holes because we're not playing 36 in a day for the most part, but through nine holes, our first nine holes were so bad. We're like, we're let's, let me just start getting drunk because it can't get right. any worse. And then sometimes we end Fair. up playing better. Like not that I'm mm-hmm. saying he got drunk, but you know what I'm saying? Like just, we can relate to those things because those are very, very human traits yeah. that, so much amongst athletes, we forget that at the end of the day, they are still humans and they still deal with the same stuff that we do. And they think about the same stuff that we do. They just do it in a much different way. And a lot of times with a lot more money, but you know, I just, yeah. I wish they had spent more time. Like I said, featuring that type of stuff, um, you know, through, through our conversations, as this all has always been going on, we've in our, in our group chat, we've almost been kind of texting in real time as we've been watching some of these episodes. One of the things that I wish that we spoke about yesterday that I wish they had focused a little more on was when they went into, I think it was once they, we had episode three, they started, ne- they started briefly talking about Liv, and Liv came into the picture a little bit more. I wish we had gotten a story on Andy Ogletree. That would mm. have been such an amazing story to share with the audience because not only would that have been a great story to share with people that weren't into golf, but even the golf sickos would have loved to have heard from him why did you choose to go to live even though you only knew you were getting one event you weren't getting, you weren't signing a deal. You were getting one event and you knew that it was basically going to end your American golf career. And then Mm. now to see where, and once again, and maybe we'll get this next year if they do this again, because obviously if we're going to get a season two, they're going to be filming it kind of now as we're speaking, because they kind of do it a year in advance. So maybe we will, Mm. but you know, he basically, he went to live for one event, shot 30,000 over par still made money, which basically banked the rest of his year to, to, to play on the mini tours and get himself back to kind of where he is now, where he seems to be doing quite well on the Asian tour. But why did he, knowing the consequences, why did he still say, okay, I'm going to go play, not for mm-hmm. a contract, I have one event, and then basically my American golf career is over, and my entire golf career could be over if the European tour doesn't then change face and allow me, which at that point, all indications were you were banned from everything. It, it, right. it, at that point so th- but once again that's the golf sicko on me saying Andy Ogletree give me his story because if if most yeah. of these people don't are if most of these people watching don't necessarily know who Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth are and certainly don't know who Joel Damon is they really don't know who Andy Ogletree is so once again that was the yeah. golf sicko in me saying like I want I want to hear from that from him and I want to hear about more of the in-depth of why these guys ultimately chose to go to live instead of just uh, sh- reshowing us the contentious press conferences that we had already seen.
0: Right. I think that's fair also. I mean, you know, the Andy Ogletree story, as we know, is convoluted. There's a lot of details that we don't know. And I I do wonder if, if I had the opportunity to talk to Chad Mom one more time, I would be like, look, wh- how did the production happen and what were the conversations that were had and what were some of the things that were off the table? You know, like what What are some of the things what that didn't make said? the cut? I would love to know what didn't right.
1: make the cut for whether whether it was because mm-hmm. it just didn't fit into the way they edited it or they didn't have the ability to air it because they were basically told it off the record or after the fact. somebody right. came back and said, hey, don't don't run this yeah. after all. Like and, and so that, yeah, I would be curious to see if there were maybe some more of those aspects that we were looking for that for one reason or another didn't make the cut because it would be very interesting yeah. to see kind of what 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 was left on the editor editing room floor so to say
0: yeah and, and there were instances throughout the series where it was evident that they just used archival footage or they had a cameraman somewhere in a in a press conference where they weren't necessarily interviewing tiger woods or phil mickelson but they were capturing from a different angle than we had seen previously some of the commentary during the press conferences which was which was good because there was that presence there you talk about all right well all these things are happening. I'm glad that there was some mention, at least to some depth, although I would have also liked it to have gone deeper about live. But I also, to me at least, it came across very clearly that Full Swing Season 1 was almost setting up this, this PGA Tour universe, so to speak, setting it up for Season 2. Will we see a continuing thread of some of the characters that were introduced in season one into season two you know that would that would be really interesting some of the things that were mentioned already and you had even uh, alluded to dan about you know opinions of golfers that we've already established perhaps might have changed over time i know you've got a couple more to go through but i think you've got Like the Rory episode is the last episode, which was fine. I mean, there's really nothing new in that one for people who follow the game. The Dustin Johnson thing, and I know that this has been brought up on Twitter already. I personally don't think that he could have come out looking any worse. And the reason being is because he finally came across as just stone cold honest as possible and it's an opinion that he had about why he did what he did by joining Live Golf that I disagree with. And I think that's probably being me being unfair just because I disagree with something doesn't mean that, oh, it's bad. But he just came across as, I, you know what? I'm taking less money for doing, I'm taking more money for doing less work. And if you didn't do that also, then there's something wrong with you. And I'm like, Oh God, that's just a, uh, that, that hit different. Did you, uh, how did you feel after seeing that?
1: So I appreciated the honesty from the standpoint of is that's all we wanted from these guys all along when we were getting these contentious press conferences and they were saying about growing the game and it's about spending. No, no, it's not about any of those things. It's about the fact that somebody came to you and said, here is so much more money than you've ever made in your life to do the same thing you are doing. And you don't have to do it as often. That is literally what it came down to at the end of the day. Throwing aside where the money was coming from, throwing aside you know all the politicalness of it, it, at the end of the day, it broke down to we are going to give you way more money than you have ever made in your entire life to do the same thing you are doing now, and you get to do it a lot less. And yes, hmm. I think from that standpoint, when you break it down to that basic, I, I agree that I do not think that there would be very many people that if somebody came to you and said, I'm going to give you more money and you can do your job less efficiently right come to the office less of the time now when you throw in where the money's coming from and the saudis and the political thing then yes then i think you get into that moral conversation of w- would i still do it but i think just from a ex- just from a straight up basics of yeah i'm pretty sure the majority of people in the world if somebody came to them and said yeah you can keep doing your job and do less of it and i'm going to give you more money yeah i'm pretty sure that they would do that um so i didn't have so much of a problem with that when you break it down to that basic level obviously once again we're golf sickos so we know exactly all the behind the scenes thing of this and yeah so i think i can say sure if it was the saudis coming to me i'm not sure i would just be like yeah sure bring it on um i actually had didn't have as much of a problem with what dj said as i had a problem with what paulina said oh and what she said was basically like I don't really care what anyone thinks because Dustin is doing this to take care of me and he's doing it to take care of his kids. Mm. And I grew up as the daughter of Wayne Gretzky. And I always was mad as a kid that, well, why wasn't my dad around on my birthday? And it's like, I'm not sure you're going to get the sympathy that you think mm. you're going to get because a lot of people in this country are not around for their co- kids' birthdays or kids' first time walking. And it's not because they're a professional athlete making millions of dollars, it's because they're a traveling salesman making. or because, you know, whatever their job is that requires them to be on the road a lot. And they're not also making tens of millions of dollars to be on the road. Not that, look, I'm not, once again, athletes are humans too. And sure, they're going to miss stuff with their kids. But I feel like it's really tough for the average person who's trying to make ends meet and they're on the road all the time too, to kind of feel sympathy for the daughter of Wayne Gretzky, who's now married to Dustin Johnson, because, daddy wasn't there for her birthday one year because he was playing a road game in Calgary, you know, whatever it may have been. So I just, I, I understand what she was getting at. I'm just not sure she was the best vessel to mm. share that information with us. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's, that's actually a really good point. I, I hadn't considered that aspect of it, but you state it well, because I mean, let's not forget, I mean, Dustin Johnson, one of the most successful professional golfers of all time, prior to joining live and you know i think there were some some subtle i don't know what word i want to use but my brain's not working as well as it should right now dan but there were some subtle uh like comparisons throughout the series where it's allowing the viewer to to catch on to those types of things where Dustin Johnson and others, certainly in the Ian Poulter episode, he talked a little bit about how he was raised poor and now he's. this is why he does all his luxurious things, whatever. Um, But then they almost contrasted against the backdrop of the likes of Mito Pereira or Sahith Thagala and others who are really pounding the pavement and really trying to make it. And it's almost their success story by working so much. It's these other guys that have been there and there's, it's still not enough for them. And, and, that, that, and that goes long
1: lines of, yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying that I liked, that's why I liked the Joel Damon episode so much and the Tony Finau mm. episode so much and whatnot, because like, great, Dustin Johnson signed a $150 million contract. If he didn't sign that contract at live, he would still have enough money for the rest of his life and his kids' right. life. Everyone would be set with what he'd already made. But then you have a guy like a, <laughs> like a Joel Damon or even more so Tony Finow, who literally his yeah. dad was like, I don't know how we can financially allow you guys to play golf. Like I can set up this mattress in my garage and you can pound it all day long. And maybe once a week or once every other week, we can go to the range where essentially we can chip and putt for free because it's there and we'll kind of sneak. And now it's like, Oh my God, Tony Finau just won these two tournaments and it makes it feel so much more life-changing because he literally came from not that I'm saying Ian Poulter. Okay. It's fine. But, it's tough to feel sorry for a guy like Ian Poulter with the way he's flaunted it his whole professional career. And then now he went ahead and took that live money. That's what I'm saying. Like when he missed the cut or didn't get out of the group stage at the match play. And then he hops on his private jet and they fly to like England for the week for vacation. Like, yeah, get out of here with that. Like that. I just was like, I don't want to, I don't care about this. I don't want to see this. I don't like, get out of here with that. Like I don't have like, no, no, please just get rid of this. Get this out of my life completely. Like I'm not going to feel sorry for you because guess what? Your kid want to go to Augusta this year, but you didn't qualify for the masters. I am so (laughs) sorry. I've been wanting to go to Augusta my whole life and have missed every single lottery in the history of existence. So sorry for you, man, that next year you still have a chance to go. If you play better, like whoopty dude. you you know, but but then, but then you flip that with Joel Damon basically saying like, well, hey, somebody's mm-hmm. got to be the 70th best golfer in the world. Why can't it be me? And I love that line because I'm thinking like if any of us ever had the, the – the, I don't even want to necessarily, necessarily say luck. But if any of us ever
0: like, had the, had the opportunity or like yeah. or
1: like something happened tomorrow and like, oh, my God, I, I qualified for the PGA Tour, I feel like that would be my logic. I'd be like, listen, mm-hmm. somebody's got to be number 70 on the money list this year. What? I'll be that yeah. guy. I keep my tour card. I still get to do everything. I still make a buttload of money. And so what? I can go walk down the street and no one's bothers me because half the people don't know who I am. Like sign me up for that tomorrow. So uh, that, that type of stuff is like, I, we can so relate to that. Anyone can relate to that. Whether you are a golf sicko or you are someone in the middle of Idaho, you can relate to somebody saying mm-hmm. like, somebody has got to be the run of the mill person, like the average person in their career field. Like I'll be that person. That's fine. I make a decent living. I have a great life. I have a great family. Like, okay, sure. Great. (laughs) Let's do it. And then you, I mean, and then with the in Poulter, it's like, Oh no, I don't get to go to Augusta. Let me hop on my private jet and go to England for a week.
0: Golf unfiltered is proud to partner once again with Mizuno golf for 2023. Mizuno golf is offering their new JPX nine, two, three irons. And if you haven't heard about these yet, go out to our YouTube channel and see a full fitting that I do with Mizuno at Coghill golf and country club. These irons are spectacular they've got three medals five different options of irons spanning the player's spectrum so you are for sure going to find something great for your game go out to mizunousa.com today to learn more nah. yeah yeah well here. and that was even <laughs> some of the that was some of the uh backlash or commentary at least on golf Twitter where it's like wow we would have wished some of the uh they showed everyone that we're taking private jets for the most part yeah you know, yeah. let's let's get some of the people on the grind and all that. And and, you know, and I think I'm, I'm interested to see in the post launch of full swing. How some of these players are received differently, if at all, you know, I think for me, you know, while I already had the opinion of Ian Poulter, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson and even Joel Damon and others. A lot of those opinions have been solidified for me, especially the ones who think of professional golf purely as a profession. They don't do it for the honor. They could say that they do, but they don't. That through the actions that they have taken, and even in some instances, the words that they said, this is their job. And, you know, the Poulters, the, the DJs and all that fall into it. Brooks, I thought, was kind of teetering on either side of that fence. And I actually found myself to be not empathetic, but more so. First of all, that was episode two is the Brooks Kepka episode. That is the only one I've watched twice just because I thought it was so interesting to see how this guy was like, look, I actually do care. I want to compete, but I also don't know how to do it anymore. And. That whole struggle is taking place in this mansion with his beautiful wife, with all the money, with his bleach blonde hair, with everything, all of that. But it's it's a matter of, wow, this is the one character that I saw who is completely conflicted after having felt success, can't reach it again. And Dan, I don't know if how much longer he's going to uh, play pro golf. I really don't.
1: Yeah, I don't either. And that one fascinated me. This, this entire Brooks story, pre full swing, even coming out when he was, you know, kind of deciding to go to live. This is fascinating me for a very, very long time now. Brooks Kepka as a human being and as a golfer has fascinated me since he became a professional golfer. Mm-hmm. Um, he he chose to basically from day one, he essentially chose to tell the PGA Tour to bleep off from every aspect of his professional life he said i you you guys have a system set up where i have to go play on the corn ferry tour before i can play on the pga tour watch me not do that goes to europe gets his gets his world ranking points starts qualifying for majors ends up with a tour card okay so we've already got that then he gets on the pga tour and he basically says oh you guys say that i have to play in a certain amount of events every year and you'd prefer i play in these el Watch me not do any of those things and just play whenever I want and show up and do whatever I want and not talk to the media if I don't want to and not practice if I don't want to and just do whatever I want to do. He did it. Mm-hmm. Then the whole live thing comes and PJ tour says, oh, well, if you go play on live, you can well then watch me go to live. Now I do find it interesting that after full uh, after this that episode dropped, we did get that um, report from Alan Shipnuck that he is now right. potentially having buyer's remorse which just adds a whole nother layer to the intrigue and interest of Brooks Kepka. I'll also say from in my previous life, for my uh, short amount of time where I was covering kind of more the weekend and the week out of the tour. And I would go to the, a couple of the, you know, these tour stops a year. Um, I always just assumed that Brooks Kepka was just kind of, I don't know the proper way of putting it. Like, I figured when he wasn't really all that talkative or he wasn't really saying a lot, it was just he didn't want to deal with us. Mm-hmm. And by us, I mean the media or, or the fans or whatever. Um, th- what this episode taught me is is that it's not about anybody but himself and his own internal struggles. Right. And he acts that way not because he doesn't want to deal with anyone. He acts that way because he's dealing with a lot on his own. And I feel like it's he's not – sure i don't want to say not sure but for any of us if we're going through our own internal struggles it's really tough for us to then not show it on the outside and i think yeah. that that is yeah. what he's been dealing with for a lot longer than i think that any of us ever even realized until this episode came out yeah because I, when, I he, when he sits there and he says scotty sheffler can show up tomorrow and shoot a 63 and i can't do that anymore like that is like a wow yeah. If you want to talk about having an exist i don't even know if the existential crisis is the right word—but if you want to talk about like having a moment where you realize I've done this my whole life and I just can't do it anymore, like Tiger, I don't even think has gotten to that point yet. And so for Brooks at such a young age to already come to the realization that I can't do this at this level anymore, like that to me was like, wow, did he really just say yeah. that? Like that is amazing.
0: Yeah that that was quite the admission, and and that was. Uh a part of a player, a persona that almost appears completely different away from the camera on the golf course in front of a microphone. And now we see this in his home life where, yeah, he actually does care, you know? So I, I came out of that episode feeling a little bit more positive as far as my outlook on him insofar as a player, you know, I always had this opinion kind of like DJ where he just didn't care, but if anything, we could, uh, I can safely say, wow, that is not the case. He he cares a whole bunch, you know, the tiger thing, you you mentioned tiger and you know, I know this isn't not, this is not a series to profile tiger woods. Tiger woods is kind of already in the legendary status at the time that you watch this series. He's just kind of the, he's there. He's the, the omnipresent legend that people aren't going to do an episode on. And I think that's fine. Um, What's interesting is that we just, as time goes on, time continues, this gets launched, the Genesis takes place. We won't talk about too much of the Genesis tournament today, but in that tournament, and to your point, Tiger is going into this thinking he can win it. He's got one leg. He played really well in his first tournament back. And even in a post-round interview, just very briefly, Amanda Renner asked, hey, what's your playing schedule going to be? He goes, well, look, I, my body just won't a lot. Like, I want to do more. My body will not let me do it. I'm only going to play in the majors, maybe a couple other events. And that contrasted against someone like Brooks Kepka and others who physically can do it. There's no limitations there that we're aware of, but the mentality isn't there. It's just, there's this other subtext Wow, I feel like I'm getting really deep here, but there's other this other <laughs> subtext of greatness and what it means and how all these guys want to achieve it. Some did it financially, and that's okay for them, while others like Brooks want to get to the greatness in terms of accolades and achievement, and he's realizing he can't do it. That That was a really interesting thing for me.
1: And another aspect of that Brooks episode that I found interesting was, I guess if this point we've established, we're not worrying about spoiling this anymore. So once again, spoiler alert, but I'm going to let it fly now. Uh, When his mom's over at his house and he's got his little trophy case set up, but he's, but the only trophies he's displaying are the majors. And he's got that one giant empty spot in the middle of that trophy case. And he even says, he goes, that's for when I, that's for, I don't remember if he said if or when, but basically he was like, if I win a met, like, that's where the masters one's going to go. But Mm -hmm. you could basically tell he's saying that, thinking to himself too, like, I'm not sure if this hole in my trophy case is ever going to get filled. And his mom is sitting there listening to him talk, basically saying like, if I can win it, this is where it's going to go. But I don't know if it'll ever get filled, you know, and that's another thing thing of like from the mental side of things, like from a, from a physical standpoint and from a skill standpoint, Brooks Koepka could go and win the Masters tomorrow. No, not a doubt in my mind that he can do it. I don't think he thinks he can do it mentally though anymore.
0: Well, and that's, you're right. I agree. And at the time when all this happened with the live stuff, what I find so fascinating to me is that they didn't know if they would even be allowed to, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, and they still made the decision, you know, and again, that we can do an, we can do an entire podcast episode on, on just the bad timing and the, the. Fool's gold that they've all been sold, in my opinion, where it's like, look, you would do your due diligence first. You don't just go join something and say, Oh, yeah, it's all gonna work out. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand why <laughs> yeah, they would make that decision. Media. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, well, overall, I think uh, personally, from a rating standpoint, if we had the Adam and Dan rating individual ratings, I would say <laughs> full swing for me, as I said before, is probably a six out of ten from my viewpoint. Um, for all, a lot of the reasons that we talked about today, I don't think longstanding golf fans like you and me are going to find anything too much new other than just kind of, Oh, that's interesting. New golf fans probably in my opinion, didn't have enough to, Oh, I'm going to watch the PGA tour every single week now, but it was still really well done. Some really good stories came out of it. I was thoroughly entertained throughout the whole thing. And I am hoping that they come out with the season two. What would be your rating for Full Swing up to this yeah, point? Because I know you got. A couple
1: I would more. put. I would give it a, a five to six out of ten. I will say the one thing they did have going for them is even the episodes or the segments that I didn't like, like I didn't obviously like the Polter stuff, but it caused a reaction out of me. The fact that my, I came out basically saying like I just to I've already hate, like I've already not liked this guy, and now I just want to punch him in the face even more. Like what the worst thing would have been for them is for me to just be like I have no no thoughts on this whatsoever. So the fact that they managed to get a reaction out of me like from a content creation standpoint that they they achieved something. It might not have been the, 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 it might not have been when they went into it, their goal might not have been to get that reaction out of me or out of somebody from that episode, but they got a reaction out of me. So uh, from that standpoint, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, like I said, I kept, I, I have to keep reminding myself, this was not made for us. This was not made for me. I, I right. am not the target right. demo here, but <clears throat> excuse me. But, um, I, I, there was enough in there. Like, and what we've been talking about, you know, we I've said it a million times now, the Joel Damon episode, the Brooks stuff, the DJ stuff, even the JT stuff behind the scenes, the Tony Finau stuff, like the stuff that really puts us into their homes and into their lives off the golf course. And does kind of remind us like, Hey, at the end of the day, like these are people just like us. Like when Joel and his wife are shopping for a stroller, like everyone mm. who's having a kid is shopping for a stroller before they're their child is born. So that is absolutely something that everyone in this life can relate to. You know, um, I really enjoyed that type of stuff. I just kind of wish that that had been more of the focus. I wish we had gotten more of that. Um, like I said, I also wish they had touched more into live and kind of talked more about why these guys really did do it. Um, the Andy Ogletree thing would have been great to do, but once again, I know that they were going into it needing to like introduce people to golf and that wasn't going to do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Five, six out of 10 in that range. Um, It was, it was entertaining. I, I, I never got to a point where I was like, I don't want to watch it anymore. So once again, it's keeping me going. So that's also a goal for them at the end of the day. Um, The one, and and now maybe, you know, we can transition into this. The one kind of knock that I had on it was, and maybe I'm just doing it because I know that it's the same people that created it, but I feel like Mm -hmm. they tried to, turn this into drive to survive and not through no fault of their own. In my opinion, it was never going to be able to be drive to survive. Now drive Drive to
0: survive was also created by the same executive producer, just for for context. They created
1: drive to survive in F1. They created full swing and I believe they also did a tennis one. I don't remember the name of the tennis one, but there's a tennis one as well. Break point. So I, I see what they were going. Like they saw how popular drive to survive became and I think they're like, let's see if we can re- uh, replicate that. And I just don't think that drive, drive to survive was so unique. I just don't think it was possible to replicate it. So, mm. um, and like you said, through no fault of their own, I think they tried to replicate something that really wasn't, didn't have the ability to be replicated. And I and I, I spoke with you about it, and that's kind of why we decided to do this. There were a couple reasons right. in particular that I f- thought of of why drive to survive worked so well that I don't think that can be replicated. So we can get started on that or how, you know, what,
0: well, kind of touch on that a little bit too. I think so uh, full disclosure, I did not watch drive to survive. Um, What I did watch was mind over murder, which was another, it's a true crime series on HBO that Chad Mum also helped produce. And, what I noticed in that series, which is really good, I would encourage you to go watch it. It's, it's a cool take on a true crime story. Even that series was formulatic, or maybe I don't know if that's a right word, but it followed a formula. And the full swing episodes I noticed also followed a formula. And it was almost kind of like to your point earlier, where they kept reminding us, every episode up to, I believe, episode five, a professional golf tournament of 72 holes. There's a cut. You you know, they, they needed to do it because to their, in their defense, I guess, it worked in these other things. You know, this is kind of, I don't know how to make documentaries, right? (laughs) Like I, I, I will leave that to them. Yeah. They clearly know a formula that works. If I'm understanding what you're saying, perhaps that's, what they also did with drive to survive and maybe that didn't work as well
1: so my my three biggest takeaways on why drive to survive worked in a way that i don't think could ever be replicated again is Mm -hmm. first off we have covid now granted Mm -hmm. season one of drive to survive came out in 2019 um i actually didn't learn about drive to survive though until 2020 and that ended up being season two when we looked at, when we look back upon COVID in the, in those early days, you know, when everyone for the most part was stuck inside their house and we were just looking for anything that we could watch that we haven't already seen 30,000 times. You had four kind of big players that shaped and evolved the country as a whole, I guess you could say from a content standpoint during those early days, you had um, the Michael Jordan documentary. Uh, You had last Tiger King last dance. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You had last dance. You had Tiger King. Um, you had Drive to Survive, and you had Ted Lasso. I feel like Mm -hmm. everyone on planet Earth during the early days of COVID were watching those four things. Everybody
0: was. Pretty much, So from
1: that standpoint, you had the perfect storm of, you happened to release this in February 2020. Now it was season two, but most people didn't know about it yet. So it was fresh new content coming out right when everyone was looking for things to watch. So that was one thing that unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your outlook, fortunately, hopefully that we don't end up in that situation again is a whole world, but unfortunately right. for everyone else. Now you're not going to have COVID backdrop to get people watching everything. So we'll start with that. Second of all, for the most part, now granted I'm talking about all this just from a United States standpoint, I, I, I don't know what people sure. outside of the U S are thinking, so I can't really speak on that, but for the most part in the United States, the overwhelming majority of these people that stumbled upon drive to survive had no clue what formula one racing was, had no clue that formula one racing even existed. You literally could have parked an F1 car in their driveway and they would have had no clue what it was. So Mm -hmm. you literally gave them something that was 1000% foreign to them. And yes, the, in this country, even if you don't know what golf necessarily is or professional golf or have never played golf, like, there's a pretty good chance at some point in your life, you've seen a golf course or you've driven by a golf course, or you've seen people playing on a golf or you've even played putt-putt golf. You know, you've played some variation of something you, so like there was no way to really go into it with somebody saying, I know z- less than zero about what this is. So that mm-hmm. from that standpoint as well, kind of gave F1 or drive to survive a unique selling point. Then no offense golfers for the most part are very boring people. <laughs> even the exciting parts yeah (laughs) even the exciting parts that we talked about of full swing to the average person would probably still seem pretty boring yep f1 you have all these drivers are foreign most of them are european or for different parts of the world so you have exotic characters they are racing every week in exotic places that most people watching this the united states could only dream of going one week they're in Bahrain, and the next week they're in the south of france and then the week after that they're in the middle east and it's just you're seeing these guys travel to these locales that I think in our wildest dreams, a lot of people could only ever dream of going to mm-hmm. no offense to uh, the PGA championship in its location, but it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I'm not knocking it. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that may never get to Tulsa, Oklahoma in their life, but the average person can get to Tulsa, Oklahoma a little bit easier than they could right. get to Baja ring.
0: And, right. Right.
1: And that's just basic facts. Yeah. Um. So you you it was like the perfect storm. You give us these exotic characters in these very exotic locales, in the peak of COVID, and you are going to have a perfect storm of something that everyone's going to watch it, and then they're going to say, "Oh wow." Also, while I'm sitting at home doing nothing, you're telling me that at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning or nine o'clock on a Saturday morning, when once again I'm doing nothing because mm-hmm. I can't leave my house, I can turn on ESPN or ESPN two and now watch all these guys. At these exotic locales that I just watched him on Netflix, and now right. it's all of a sudden it's like, well, that Max Verstappen guy seems pretty cool, Cause, and, he, and he and he you know he has the swagger to him, and now I can go watch him tomorrow. And and yes, you, you could watch all these golfers tomorrow, but once again, I think it played in the fact that these characters, for better or for worse, are just more exciting than golfers. And so yeah, I mean, you had the perfect storm of things, yeah. and I just think that there's it's really. Through no like I said, through no fault of their own. I love full swing. I think what Chad Mum is doing with all these things is fantastic. But it's just it's tough to replicate that exactly. And I also go to, you know, I don't know if that's what even even if that's what he was trying to do. But for me, when I first saw this as oh, the creators of Drive to Survive, I'm thinking, okay, so it's gonna be Drive to Survive for golf. And Mm -hmm. that's a really tough thing to produce because of those kind of those three main reasons that I
0: touched on. Yeah. No, I mean, those are interesting points too. And, and it's, while you were talking really quick, I, I just was curious what the gold standard of all movies and shows to tell me what I should and should not like is rotten tomatoes and full swing is rated 85%, which I found to be very interesting that's, oh, that's wow, actually okay. pretty much higher that's than pretty I thought high it would be. actually yeah 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 but um no I think those are good points Dan and you know I'm sure people who have seen those shows uh, including drive to survive probably agree um, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do next if they do move forward with a season two I would assume that they do and just to kind of wrap things up here I, I'm interested to see if we have some recurring uh, characters I think with golf and most sport, You're going to have that. Um, It will be interesting if they decide to do anything with Tiger, you know, now that he is in the, 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 let's just say the end of his career for as far as what we know of Tiger. Um, That's what I'm most interested in seeing. And, you know, what continues to happen with this dynamic between the PGA Tour and live golf? That's, that's what I would be looking forward to. If we had a season two, what would you look forward to?
1: Yeah, I, I want I want more of the live dynamic, of them, especially with the fact that at least for this season, for this golf season, uh, the live guys are going to get to play the majors. So from the yeah. from at the very least, we are going to get literal live versus PGA Tour four times this year at the at the minimum. We'll see what happens with the Ryder Cup. We could get it. We could I, not PGA Tour versus live is not literal in the Masters because you, they're not head-to-head competition they're not competing one-on-one Ryder cup if sunday singles could literally give us (laughs) live versus if they're um, allowed to pga tour if they're allowed to we don't know we'll see what happens but at the very least as of today as of this exact moment while we were speaking we know that we will see live guys competing with pga tour guys four times this year and i think that if we're going to get a season two that they should absolutely dive into that as much as they can um yeah. i don't know we know that the pga tour was very welcoming and the majors have been very welcoming as far as the access these guys are given i don't know if live is going to give them any real access i mean we saw a little bit from centurion last year but it looked like mostly st- i don't know how much of that was actually filmed by their guys and how much of it was just they got stock footage provided to them um that would be something to, to inquire mm-hmm. about as well too but so i, I don't know what kind of access Liv is going to grant them if they do grant them the same level of access that the PGA tour has given him to this point. I think you could absolutely do a whole season where you just dive into that PGA tour live dynamic for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, Also
1: the elevated events. Now, now this year we have the elevated events, um, which we didn't have last year. Like I think that would be a a great episode to do kind of touch base on just what these elevated events are going to mean. And once again, I think, I think um, first instinct would say, focus on the top guys with these, elevated events but i want to know what these elevated events mean for some of the lower level guys that got in because they finished top 125 last year and they're mm-hmm. able to play in them this year and you know you look at um oh wow John trying to blank on we just talked about him in our last podcast episode how uh when he finished runner up and I, you know it was mm-hmm. a bummer that he finished runner up but he literally like set himself up now for the whole rest of the year and next year because he finished runner up at a, at a at an elevated event as not one of the top right. guys. Um,
0: I, yeah, I, Just the, the, the concept of yeah. golfers who might not otherwise have had the ability to do that. The aftermath of live the, the, in the wake of live, these are the opportunities that now have been presented to these players, whoever it might be. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, that is, that it will be interesting and it's, we're going to see it all play out in real time. Obviously it'll probably be a season two will probably be another, Year in review for guys like you and me, um, but you know I think it's it's just another layer of what we can do in terms of appreciating the game. Um, I appreciated that no at no point did they ever say the phrase "grow the game." That was not the point of full time. Yeah, and uh, it'll be it'll be great to see it all all play out. But any parting thoughts uh, for for the listeners on your viewing experience?
1: Yeah, listen. At the end of the day, um, I know for the majority of this 45 minutes, it probably gave off the impression that I was uh, trashing it. I found it to be entertaining. It was good entertainment. It served its purpose. Um, from a broader perspective, it is getting people's eyeballs on the game of golf, whether those people now go and watch the PGA tour every week or not. That doesn't necessarily need to be the end result. Um, you and I have talked at great length that professional golf is not an overall representation of the game of golf. So in reality, if somebody's watching that and then they go out to their local muni and play around, like, I think that is way more vital and important than now the, the, the people at the PGA tour would say, well, we want that to convert to eyeballs to us because we want more you know, money for our TV rights deals. But to me, it's, is somebody going to watch that? And then now this weekend go out and buy a set of clubs and go play golf. And right. I think if, if some people, if it converts people to do that, I think that that is even a more, um, important goal I guess you could say uh mm. than just getting more people to watch the PGA tour on a random week
0: yeah totally agree totally agree well folks that is Dan Hauser of golf Dan thanks for hopping on uh, to share some of your full swing thoughts and folks I know uh you can get a lot of those thoughts anywhere, and I appreciate, and Dan appreciates, I'm sure, not to speak for you, Dan, but we appreciate you tuning in to hear ours as well. Be sure to give us a follow, a subscribe, all the words that you're supposed to do in the social media age. Once again, you could follow uh, Dan at Dan Houser Golf. You could see his little for those on YouTube. You could see his little uh, handle there. You could follow my personal account at Adam J Fonseca, or you could follow Golf Unfiltered at Golf Unfiltered. Dan, uh, we'll talk soon. All right, sounds good.